Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Seven men have been remanded in custody after being charged with the attempted murder of a PSNI officer in Oma. Detective Chief Inspector John Caldwell is still recovering after being shot multiple times. A court has heard that the gang alleged to have tried to kill him involved both dissident Republicans and non-paramilitary criminals. DCI Caldwell had investigated both, the court has been told. With the latest, I'm joined by the Belfast Telegraph's security correspondent, Alison Morris. Alison, you're welcome to the Bell Tale once again. Remind us what happened to Mr. Caldwell. So um, in February, on the 22nd of February, um, DCI John Caldwell, he was probably at that stage one of the most high profile police officers, PSNI detectives in Northern Ireland, because if you remember, he was right off the back of the Natalie McNally murder case. He was right off the back of the Shane Whitlam murder case in Lurgan. So we'd seen quite a lot of him on the news in the run-up to that shooting. He took a weekly coaching session. We were told that that took place at the same time every week, except the week previously had been changed to half six. He had to get there early um, to set things up. So while he was um, taking that children's coaching session, we're told that the session had just finished. He was starting to load cones and stuff back into the footballs, back into the back of his car. He was approached by two gunmen who fired up to 10 shots. His young um, son was present at the time, as were lots of other children here, part of the, the Bar FC football, youth football team. Um, he managed to run away, despite the fact that he was um, shot at least four times um, and was taken to hospital. We were told for a long time he was critical. In fact, you know, it was touch and go for a long time. But last week, DCI Caldwell appeared at a, uh, an event at Hillsborough where King Charles was looking remarkably well for a man who'd survived an ordeal like that. Although you could still see the bandages on his hand. We're told one of his hands where he put it up to sort of defend himself and was shot was was very badly injured. So since then, originally there was a lot of arrests made the morning after the shooting, but no one was charged. They were all released without charge. And then we had a flurry of arrests, again, 11 arrests last week. And then on um, Monday of this week, which is Bank Holiday Monday, so this is a special court sitting, seven people appeared in court charge in connection with the attempted murder. And we have to stress, as we always stress when we're speaking about a court case and a live court case, that everyone is innocent until uh, proven guilty and nothing we say in this podcast would imply otherwise. But this case will be heard in what's known as a Diplock Court uh, non-jury trial, which perhaps uh, allows us to make this podcast 
where we probably wouldn't be able to do otherwise. There's no, there's no jury to prejudice in this case. It'll be hard in front of a single judge and judges are, are beyond impressionable, especially by lowly people like me who they wouldn't pay any attention to anyway. But And, and also, um, remember, our court system works so sl- slow. It'll be a long time before this case ever comes to court. And and yes, what you've said, their defence, they all have very able defence lawyers who argued their case when the charges were put to them um, during that quite a lengthy. I sat through it, it lasted well over an hour, an hour and 15 minutes, I think, for them all, all the defendants to be heard. It's a very long case. It's very unusual to see so many people charged in connection with one single attack. Um, and also on the, the, the site link, so there's like a, just for people who wouldn't be aware who are listening to this, since COVID, we now have a way that you can link into court cases via video link. You watch them, you're not a participant in them in any way, shape or form. You just listen to them as if you were sitting in the public gallery of a court. And um, DCI Caldwell himself was on that video link listening to that court case as it as it happened. So rather than bring them all out in one block, what happened was there were a number of different hearings. So there are three members of the same family. There is James... Ivor McLean, who is 72, he is the father, and alongside him um, were two of his sons, Matthew McLean, I believe is known as Matty, and his son Robert McLean. Um, and they were also joined by Alan McFarland. Um, those four had their, their bail hearing, their, um, their hearing held separately. So what you have is an officer, a very senior officer, Neil McGuinness, who's a very senior detective. He's also a detective chief um, inspector. He got into the dock and he said he could connect the accused to the case. Three of them um, didn't apply for bail, but Ivor McLean, the sort of the father of of this family, he did, and his sister argued that he was an old man and had a myriad of health problems and that he should be allowed bail because there was a bail here and then we got a lot of detail that we wouldn't previously have, have got if it was just a connection here. In no other country in the world, I'm sure, with, this, with, the, with the question that I'm about to ask be asked because... This attack was claimed um, by dissident Republicans, namely the new IRA. Yes, but- you, have, you have continued to claim it. I think we need to clear this up in this podcast because um, I think that I am starting to lose my mind trying to explain this to people on Twitter. At one stage yesterday, I felt like I was that kid out of seven that nobody else can hear because I'd said it so many times and people kept saying the same thing. People keep saying, oh, this wasn't a new IRA operation. There was a bit of paper stuck to a wall in Derry. There was no claim. That is not true. The new IRA have claimed it on multiple occasions. There was indeed a, a claim stuck to a wall in Craigan, which I wouldn't have put a great deal of weight into because there's a, a there's a way of claiming these sort of events. And that's what they did. They then used a recognised code word in a, a statement to another newspaper, gave quite a lengthy um, statement in which they bizarrely denied that there was any involvement in any Protestant criminals in this case, despite the fact that, you know, it's, it's very well known the links between some of their members and uh, this Protestant criminal family. Um, and then just recently, as in just when I say recently, I mean, the evening after the court case that took place with those seven people remanded in custody, Sarah, who are the new IRAs, um, widely believe the political wing of the new IRA, have claimed three of those who were charged as their members. They're saying that the three Tyrone Republicans were interned and the three that they identify as members of Sarah are Brian Caron, Gavin Coyle, who is very well known and is, was actually on bail at the time of the attack on DCI Caldwell for another serious um, new IRA-related offence. And as a self-confessed member of that organisation, he pleaded guilty to membership. And Jonathan McGinty. 
Um, what they're saying is the Republicans were dragged, and I'm reading this from this statement, they were dragged to Musgrave Interrogation Centre where they faced several days of intense questioning before trumped-up charges were laid against them relating to an IRA operation that took place in February. So can we just for once and all put it to bed that this was not claimed by the new IRA who continue to claim it, who are claiming their members and who also at this stage... Um, have had multiple opportunities to distance themselves from this attack and they have many, many ways to do that. They have people who they can speak through. They have conduits and associations with people in the media that they could go to. They have continued to claim this attack. So to say that this was somehow, you know, carried out by loyalists or criminals and that the, you know, the new IRA are getting the blame by MI5 or whatever way you want to put it is a nonsense. It is a new IRA attack on DC Caldwell. And nobody in the defence teams who argued valiantly on behalf of their clients, because that's what they're paid to do, for one second even questioned that narrative that this was an ERA attack. So I think that it's important just once and for all to put that to bed. And it's just distress. So what we're saying is, and again, I caveat this by saying, you know, this is these people are merely charged, but four of the people charged are of a Protestant background. An attack on a police officer in the past... I suppose to put it in context, you know, when there was attack on on um, the the murder of um, Constable Stephen Carroll, and when there was the the murders of two soldiers at Massaring, way back as as people will remember many years ago, Protestants, loyalists, unionists, there had to be almost a period of calm where leadership had to go and calm people down that they wouldn't react because they've always sort of taken ownership I suppose almost of of the security forces and they wouldn't have been known to purposely target them in this sort of way the the allegation in this in the prosecution and remember as we keep on saying this is the prosecution's case and they have yet to prove any of it but the prosecution's case is first of all these people just didn't meet each other down a dark alleyway a week later and say, we're going to target DC Caldwell. The prosecution's cases, these people have known each other for a very, very long time. Particularly the relationship was emphasised in court between Gavin Coyle and Molly McLean, who know each other very well um, and uh, who have been friends for a very, very long time. And the, the prosecution's case is that the motive for this is that DCI Caldwell was involved in a number of high-profile investigations involving in, in charge of both terrorism and criminality and that all of these people have been investigated by him at one stage or another. And in fact, DCI McGuinness said that that connection ran like a golden thread throughout the entire police investigation, the connection between DCI Caldwell's work as a police officer and the activities of these people, be it in relation to accusations of terrorism or accusations of criminal activity. And the PSNI were quite successful in terms of prosecuting um, several of these people over the years. And they're saying, and this is the prosecution case, is that there were two potential, there were two motives combined. So one was basically the new IRA want to kill police officers anyway, so that's a given. And the other one was that there was revenge a motive of vengeance because they all knew DCI Caldwell and he had been responsible for investigating them and successfully prosecuting them in the past and therefore that would have been the main motive for these people, this unlikely crew, to come together. And what specifically have, have they been accused of? What has been said in court so far? Because there is an awful lot of detail here for, uh, for a bail hearing. 
Oh, an hour, an hour long. There was there was tons of detail. It was actually quite hard to follow it on some occasions. At no stage did, did the um, the PSN I say who they believed to be the actual gunmen, but it was quite clear um, who they think were the people who might have carried out the actual shooting. But the majority of the rest of the people who are charged are charged with being the sort of support act, if you like, are they're charged with providing cars that were used. All are charged with attempted murder because that's a joint enterprise charge. Um, two are charged with providing vehicles to be used. And then two of the people, which is Brian Karn and Gavin Coyle, are also charged with membership of a prescribed organisation. That says the IRA. Um, again, just to develop some of the inaccuracies on social media, you can't be charged with membership of the new IRA. It's not a prescribed organisation. It's a media term that we made up to differentiate who they are because they are a merger group, which came around in 2012. They were made up of what was left of the real IRA, a group of sort of what they called themselves at the time independent Tyrone Republicans and Republican Action Against Drugs, known as RAD, which was a vigilante group based up in the northwest who were um, carrying out paramilitary-style assaults on young men they accused of, of antisocial behaviour. So they merged from that. They set themselves up as Oglanahara and the IRA um, and this term, the new IRA, they don't use it in their own statements. They like to pretend they are the reincarnation of the IRA, but the new IRA is a media term. It's not a prescribed group. So that's why they're charged with that, not with membership of the new IRA. And in terms of the two, uh, there are th- there are three people who are alleged Republicans, but two of those people we can say, well, Brian Caron, is a high-profile Republican. He has refused to recognise the court and Gavin Coyle is a known member of the new IRA. I, I will admit until this court case I've never heard of Jonathan McGinty, um, so I didn't know him at all, but I am very well aware of who Brian Carn and Gavin Coyle are. They are people who have, you know, as my job as a security correspondent, I've came across many times over the years. But most significantly, and this was mentioned in court, um, that Gavin Coyle pleaded guilty quite recently to two charges in connection with the attempted murder of a Catholic police officer in County Tyrone in 2008. Um, and he also admitted membership of the IRA at that stage. So, I mean, what we can say is Gavin Coyle is a self-confessed member of the new IRA. Um, and he was on bail awaiting sentencing. The court was told that he was to be sentenced in September for that attack, of which he would have received quite a considerable jail term. Um, he is now on remand, so he'll now be sentenced by remand. But I mean, you can understand how there would be questions in terms of the judicial handling of his case that he is accused of another such a serious offence while on bail for something like that. And none of that obviously means... Well, Gavin Coyle's guilty of that. We know that because he pleaded guilty to that and he will be sentenced for that. So he will remain in jail for some considerable time. The others, I would imagine that their defence are going to try and make other bail hearings. And we know that because Brian Caron's um, solicitor, who is, is Peter Corrigan of, of Phoenix Law, somebody who's very experienced and handled these cases, said he wasn't putting a bail application at this time, but that didn't mean he wasn't going to in the future. Um, and he questioned the evidence against his client. I suppose looking through them, you can see that there is more evidence at this stage, which was mentioned in court. And remember, they keep saying this is an ongoing investigation and we still need experts in to analyse this, that and that. There seemed to be less in a, um, evidence presented to the court from what I know, and that's all I know. Let's face it, I don't know anything else that's going on behind the scenes, but I do know that what was presented to the court against against Brian Cairn looked a lot less compelling than what was presented to the court against the McLeans 
um, McFadden, McEntee and Coyle. Um, but the judge was adamant that none of these people were receiving bail and they were all remanded. Here's the interesting thing. So Sarah have claimed three of them, which means those three will definitely go on to the um, separated Republican wing in McGabry and the Row House. They haven't obviously claimed the other four. They, in a, a statement, pretended they didn't know these people that long ago. That was nothing to do with Protestant criminals. It's now very obvious that there is a, a long-standing association relationship between Maddie McLean and Gavin Coyle. Um, I wonder where they're going to go in the prison. And that's the thing. So what also was mentioned in court was Ivor McLean's previous record. I think this maybe has distracted some people because they're saying, well, why are they not charged with membership of a loyalist paramilitary group? They're not members of a loyalist paramilitary group. There's no inference that any of them are members of a paramilitary group. The prosecution case is a joint enterprise between a criminal gang and the new RA to take out someone who was a thorn in their side because he was investigating them. That is the allegation. But Ivor McLean does have a previous conviction that was mentioned in court, it dates back to 1981, which to me doesn't sound like that long ago, but apparently it's over 40 years ago. Um, So he was convicted of weapons charges then and he served his time on the loyalist wing of what would have been then the maze, the the Long Cage prison. Um, So that is the connection when we say, you know, whether the Protestants or the loyalists, the father had a previous conviction. Um, It was over 40 years old. There is no inference that there's any loyalist paramilitary involvement in this. The, the, um, the prosecution case, as it stands, is that this was a joint enterprise between criminals and the new RA. Awesome, Morris. Thank you very much. I'm sure we'll return to this court case in the future. When you get an Irish independent digital subscription, you don't just get access to the news at your fingertips. For a limited time, you'll also receive a €75 O'Neill's gift card. So what are you waiting for? Get the whole kit and caboodle. Visit independent.ie forward slash subscribe today. Irish independent. Terms and conditions apply.